You're a 415er. 415 You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast and the Honesty Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Coming at you twice a week here in the offseason and a very eventful free agency to start for the 49ers. As always, it is Evan Giddings. It is Mark Grandy. Mark, my man, how are you? I'm doing well, Evan. Just trying to uh, make sure we're not missing anything. As you're right, it has been a busy first few days of free agency. A lot going on, not just for the 49ers, but across the league, of course. You know, free agency officially opened Wednesdays when players can put pen to pen to paper. Uh, but by, th- by that point, really all the stars for the most part had been gone. So busy first few days of free agency for sure. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah. Down here in, uh, in Arizona, checking out go. some baseball. I know that obviously free agency is in the middle of the swing, but so is, uh, the world baseball classic. So I had a chance to check out USA taking down Columbia by a run last night, Michael Nelson trout an absolute Lord carrying USA to victory. <laughs> And uh, that was a fun one to watch for sure. So they'll be moving on. And that was uh, that was a good time. But as we lock back into football, always have our minds on the 49ers, of course. Um, and basically the, the free agency scorecard, if you will, Mark, has a lot of departures for the 49ers. And the question that we, we want to ask first is, you know, like with with these losses, especially defensively, um, you know, kind of how do you view the 49ers? departures versus their additions um do you feel like it outweighs what they lost I'll, I'll i'll let you answer first before i i weigh in well i think right now evan if we were to you know use the cutoff point thursday morning i would say the gains do not outweigh the losses currently but with that said there's still a ton of offseason left and generally free agency tends to work in waves this first wave which we've already experienced as we talked about already generally the higher profile the bigger names go um the niners got javon hargrave that's a fantastic signing you can make a case of all the non-quarterbacks the most sought after free agent out there uh certainly the most sought after defensive line free agent out there so that's a gigantic addition but you also knew for a team in the 49ers position evan they weren't going to go out and sign multiple high-profile free agents. In fact, we weren't even sure they were going to get one. Um, So the fact that they did get one and there's still going to be a lot more movement throughout the rest of the offseason makes me confident that when we do have the, you know, the full sum of this offseason, I I think I'll be able to confidently say the gains outweighed the losses But right now, not so much because there's just so many more guys walking out the door and specifically on the defensive side. You look at the defensive line. Again, the big addition is uh, Javon Hargrave. Also, they did get uh, Cleland Farrell, a former top pick of the Raiders out of Clemson, who was really underperformed. That's a depth piece on the defensive line. But Samson Ebukam is now a Colt. Charles Amenihu is a Chief. Hassan Ridgeway joined D'Amico Ryans with the Texans. There's a number of others who haven't signed yet, but seem very likely to depart. Kerry Hyder, Jordan Willis, uh, Maurice Hurst. Th- there are some others. Uh, you look at the linebacker position. Aziz Shire is now a Titan. It seems unlikely that Demetrius Flanagan Fowles is going to return. 
Of course, at corner or in the defensive backfield, Jimmy Ward's gone. Emmanuel Mosley, he's now a lion. I know I talked a lot about him this offseason as uh, I, I was confident he was coming back, maybe taking a little bit of a discount because of his injury, but he signs a one-year deal with the Lions. So I think for me, there's just too many guys going the other direction right now to say that the the, the few gains have outweighed the, the numerous losses. Um but I do think that you'll see that get more to even and then flip in the Niners' favor as the offseason continues. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. But I also think that that is a byproduct of, of football. And, and I think yeah. it's actually one of the things that makes the NFL great and why we see so much parity is because of the way that the salary cap works and the way that the salary cap forces players who deserve to be paid money um, to have to find greener pastures if they want to get paid. That's that's the way that this works. And when you are associated with the number one defense in the NFL going back even a couple of seasons now, you deserve to get paid based on your contribution to that number one defense. And so those names that you talked about, and if we're looking at Jimmy Ward, we're looking at Aziz Al-Shair, um, we're looking at Emmanuel Mosley, Samson Ebukam, Charles Amenehue, and others. If you total the amount of money that the that the free agents on defense alone made for themselves for the 49ers, you're looking at about $60 million. Now you slice it different ways. Obviously, Ebucom got, you know, three years, 27 million from the Colts, Amenahue, two years, 16 million from the Chiefs. They're, those are kind of the breadwinners. But all of those guys, including even some of the backup defensive linemen that got paid by other teams in smaller deals, deserve to be paid. And this is what happens when guys perform and when you succeed and when you make successive NFC championship games on the backs of that defense, those guys are eventually going to leave. And so even though the gain of Javon Hargrave, which is an immense gain, does not outweigh the losses of all those little pieces, to me, that's why the NFL works the way that it does. And one of the reasons why... You know, I, I give the 49ers credit for having done this multiple times and why they all, I also expect them to be able to replenish that depth, and, and which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, but the 49ers free agents did very well for themselves on defense, and they deserve it. They deserve to get paid. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's, you know, all these guys walking out, maybe they were expecting to have Emmanuel Mosley back and, and discussions broke down. I don't know exactly how that went down, but it's not as if, um, they just let them go out. That's a really important position. They don't have a lot of depth at, and they're just going to say, all right, we'll deal with it in the draft. We don't have a top, you know, 100 pick, uh, and we're going to rely on our rookie cornerback. They didn't do that either. They did go out earlier this week on Wednesday and snag quarterback Isaiah Oliver, former Atlanta Falcon, who, when he's played, has, you know, been pretty effective. But the big if, and stop me if you've heard this before, he has torn an ACL in his career. He he played only about half of last season because he was recovering from a torn ACL in 2021. Uh, we'll see if he can stay healthy. If he does stay healthy, he seems, at least in my opinion, Evan, primed for the slot corner spot. That's where he's had the most success. That might push Diamador Lenore out to the, the starting corner opposite uh, Mooney Ward. We'll see how that does work out throughout the offseason. That would be my read on the situation. Um, but again, it's not as if you have to kind of pick and choose what areas deserve, you know, the resources because you can't go out and get everyone you want in every position. We talked last episode, the Niners prioritizing defensive line over offensive line. 
Um, a, a, an area of weakness right now is the offensive line. We can talk more about where the Niners need to address next, whether it's in free agency or in the draft, because there are still some holes on the roster, uh, but they aren't ignoring the losses either. If, if you keep an eye on the, the guys that they are adding, it's generally in the spots where they're losing guys, which, I mean, it, it makes sense. If you're not doing it that way, you're doing it wrong. But I think it is worth saying that they're not ignoring the guys that are leaving, and they are trying to, to fill those holes with some new guys. And the model for the 49ers, for the most part, you can ignore the Javon Hargrave signing, uh, but the model for the most part has been only pay someone, you know, max money, really good money, if you're confident that they deserve it and they will perform up to that. The Niners haven't had a ton of really bad contracts, uh, and I, I think you have to credit them for that. Now, D. Ford is a bad one. Not paying uh, DeForest Buckner was a mistake. Certainly, there are a handful of examples, but it seems to be suppressed a little bit as compared to other teams. So the Niners generally handle these things well. It's just a matter of now, can they find value for lesser money throughout the rest of the offseason? Can they dive into that bargain bin and identify who uh, is worthy of a contract from them and who maybe can outperform their money, their salary? That That's going to be the challenge the rest of the offseason because there isn't just a, a ton of space left for them to fit more big contracts. No, and maybe that's where kind of the penny-pinching hurt them when it comes to a player like Emmanuel Mosley because on surface you look at one year six million dollars it doesn't seem like that much but when you then start to crunch the numbers of where you put money in this offseason more money you're gonna have to pay to Nick Bosa later this offseason and where that cap is sort of um getting suppressed and crunched like I I mean, I guess maybe, maybe it's a situation where the 49ers couldn't go above four or didn't want to go above three. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but Isaiah Oliver appears to be um, not not a, a similar mold, but a guy with an injury history that is going to be more affordable and that you can feel at least more confident in. Um, but I, I was a little surprised that Mosley specifically was not coming back. And, and who knows, maybe the Lions might have overpaid a little bit, uh, but the 49ers are going to have to figure out that that position because, you know, kind of like you mentioned, Mark, there are some holes still in this team, um, which, which, we'll, which we'll get to in a sec. But what like what do you think kind of broke down there with that specifically? And was, was there any other, um, I guess, free agents that left that sort of surprised you? Um, I, I'm a little surprised of all the depth that left on the defensive line. Um, I, I get in, you made this point and I think it's the right point. You know, you have this much success as a defense, uh, you're going to be valued across the league. Um, now maybe the Niners could can make the case, Hey, the success of Hassan Ridgeway, just, just an example, nothing against Hassan. Maybe the Niners feel the success of Hassan Ridgeway, uh, certainly he deserves some credit, but hey, maybe Nick Posa has a hand in that success. Maybe the scheme, maybe D'Amico Ryans has a hand in that success. And the Niners just simply didn't value those guys as much as other teams were willing to value them. Um, the other portion of free agency that maybe doesn't get um, a, a ton of discussion, Evan, isn't just, uh, you know, how much talent does this player have and how much money do they deserve? Uh, but it's how desperate is a team at that position. Um, And there are a a bunch more other teams out there, I would argue, that are more desperate than the 49ers at the defensive line spot. They certainly need depth, and they need to address that as the offseason goes along. 
but uh, when you do have a team that is a little more desperate to add some pieces there, you're willing to, to, you know, hand over a bit more money. And, and maybe that, that was just enough to, to keep the Ford and enters away from those guys. Um, and again, I, I don't have a ton of a re- ton of a reason at this point to, to disagree with them there, but I, I was a little shocked just at the number of guys on their way out. Again, Ebukam, Omenihue, Ridgeway, there are others. Now, with that said, Evan, I mean, all of those guys, the Niners identified uh, not out of nowhere entirely, uh, but they were really under the radar acquisitions in the first place. You remember Omenihue was a midseason trade from the Houston Texans. I believe it was, what, a, a fifth-round pick that that acquired Omenihue? Uh, Samson Ebukam was a free agent signing from the Rams a couple of years ago who no one really, you know, batted an eye at. So while it is unfortunate to see some of these guys leave, uh, perhaps we'll see the Niners make similar acquisitions. And in a couple of years, we'll see those guys leave again after they had successful tenures with the 49ers for a short period of time. So I think the Niners have have deserved the right for us to reserve judgment until we see what this team look, looks like at the end of the offseason as you get ready for training camp. Because at that point, if there are still these holes on the roster, then it becomes a problem. Yeah, and and one thing you touched on earlier was the fact that someone like Nick Bosa or Fred Warner or maybe even Talano Hufanga can make members of the defensive line, linebacking core, secondary, look Mm. a lot more lucrative than they are. Well, of course, the flip side of that is they can also elevate their teammates that they receive. So, you know, it's like you mentioned, Samson Ebukam a couple of years ago was not, not a $27 million player that he is now for the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts. The other part of it, too, is, is I do think kind of because of the 49ers success at the coaching level, as well as the front office level, we're seeing players be acquired by former members of the 49ers and not just in yeah. Houston with you know, D'Amico Ryan's becoming their new head coach, but Rand Carthen in Tennessee plucking a couple guys defensively who I'm sure he has previous relationships with. So, you know, you're, you're spreading yourself out on, of course, the free agency market, but also at a at a secondary level, at a higher level. Um, guys want to continue to be associated with dudes that have gotten them success in the past, and they're willing to pay for that a little bit. So I, I think that's another reason why we see the 49ers being spread out and why the the gains don't necessarily outweigh the losses. No, I'm with you. And the other thing, in addition to you talked about this earlier, the having a great defense that makes your players more attractive, uh, a, a, a coach like Kyle Shanahan, who's developing a little bit of a tree, uh, your players are thereby going to be more attractive as well because you have more coaches out there. And this is the point you're getting at. You have more coaches out there that like you and that know your system and that trust, you know, the the players that you're putting out there on the field. And I think the longer that Kyle Shanahan has success, of course, you would think the more coaches out there on other teams or more front office members on other teams have ties to Lynch Shanahan and the 49ers. And, and, and that makes, you know, their web even larger. So perhaps this is an issue or a a thing the Niners will have to, to deal with more and more in the future. Um, but it, it generally is maybe not a good problem to have, but it at least shows that, that you're running things right on your end. If you have a lot of other people out there. 